SPC and welcome to the service. Really glad to have you with us again today. I've got quite a few things I want to let you know about that are coming up in the month of December. First off, I'm going to hand over to Matt Johnson though. He wants to let us know how we can love out this festive season. Over to Matt. Hey SPC, I have a very exciting initiative to bring to your attention this morning. So we are partnering with a campaign called the Exceptional Nurse Campaign, which is led and founded by Terry Besson, uh, one of, uh, from part of one of our lead elder couples, John Besson's wife. Uh, and the heart of this campaign is to see nursing care excel in South Africa. This Exceptional Nurse Campaign has done some research and they've identified that 50% of the nurses in South Africa currently practicing are over the age of 50, which means in the next 10 to 15 years, we will have a shortage of competent uh, called nurses. And so this exceptional nurse campaign has a heart to see nursing care flourish by recruiting Christians who want to make nursing their calling and what a calling it is, and also to encourage the current nurses that are serving in the ranks across South Africa. And as you know, COVID has been a particularly trying time for our healthcare professionals, particularly for our nurses who've been in the front line. And so the Exceptional Nurse Campaign has approached SBC and asked, they've got funding, and they've asked us to partner with them by putting together care packs and going on the 5th of December to outside of Freer Hospital, putting up a banner, laying out tables with these care packs, and in the evening changeover at about 6 p.m. in the evening, when the essential nursing staff come on uh, to shift at Freer and come off shift at Freer, we get to applaud them, pray for them, encourage them, and thank them for what they are doing for our city at such a time as this. And so, on this last weekend, in our live services, in our face-to-face -face services on Sunday, uh, we were able to uh, send this out to the church. Our approval only came through from Free Hospital on the weekend. And so we already have enough for purchasing and packing the packs, but we would love to make available to anybody here today listening uh, to uh, still get involved in showing up on the 5th of December, it's a Saturday, uh, being part of a team that just cheers on in a COVID responsible way, don't worry, we've got um, systems and protocols in place, but really want to celebrate and bless the nurses of our city at Free Hospital, and just to say thank you for what they're doing, and to encourage them in the Lord. And so, if you would love to do that, you can sign up on the link that's currently on screen, if you're watching in our live services or face-to-face -face services today, you can sign up at the Info Center. But this is a glorious opportunity for SPC to show our thankfulness to the nurses of our city. Thank you so much. Then we've also got two events on the card for us to love in as an SPC community. The first one is a fun event. It is a nativity escape room. Now, if you're new to the world of escape rooms, basically we're going to lock you in a room in the church for an hour surrounded by some clues that you will need to solve in order to get out. Now you can sign up to do this event as a family or as a group of friends by heading over to our link that's on screen, bit.ly forward slash escape SBC. It's going to take place on Friday, the 11th of December. There are numerous time slots. We do ask that if you're coming with younger kids, you book for the earlier time slots. And if you're perhaps a group of older friends or coming with teenagers, that you book for one of the later slots. Then secondly, we are running an SBC carol service again this year. It's going to take place on Tuesday, the 15th of December at 6 p.m. at the church. Now because of COVID, our numbers are unfortunately limited. And so once again, you're gonna to have to register for this event. You can head over to bit.ly forward slash carols with SBC. 
fortunately, we are able to live stream this event. And so if you don't manage to get a seat in the building, you can always tune in and join us via our Facebook feed or our YouTube channel. And you can still be a part of this celebration as we warm our hearts towards Christmas. Speaking about Christmas, we would like to let you know that you can register for a Christmas service. We're going to be running a service on Christmas Eve at 6pm and on Christmas morning at 7.30 and 9.30. If you'd like to register for any of those, you can head over to our website, sterlingbaptist.com forward slash sign up and you'll see the links available there. That's it from me for this morning. I'm going to hand over to Matt one more time who wants to bring us an update on the church finances and then we'll dive into the rest of the service. A reminder again guys, this morning is all about worshipping the Lord. We're going to worship Him through listening to His Word. We'll worship Him through song and you can also worship Him this morning by choosing to give via EFT or by sharing a testimony in our comment feed. Have a great service. Hello SBC, it's a great privilege for me to bring you last month's finance update for October and we received enough from the giving to um, see to our operational costs and to pay out salaries and so we want to say a massive thank you to you and your faithfulness in these COVID times but also just to bring to you your attention a word that Shane Viviers gave us about two years ago, he's the chairman of our finance committee and um, he shared from 1 Kings 17 and how Elisha goes to this widow's home, the widow of Zarephath, and uh, she's got nothing left. Um, she's about to die, her and her son from famine. And Elijah asks her to cook uh, him something to eat. And she says, I've got nothing. And she says, no, no, you go to your pots and uh, you go and pour out enough oil and you'll see you'll have enough flour and you'll have enough oil uh, until this drought that they were currently experiencing has passed. And um, the Lord has been doing that month by month for us, church been incredible during these COVID times we've watched God give enough uh, we get a bit more one month become a bit under the next and um, he's fulfilling his word that as we need and pour out of the jars um, so he's providing for our church and he's providing through you and so we just want to say thank you again and celebrate what God is doing and keeping his word through you you keep the ministry of this gospel lampstand going at SBC through your faithfulness to the Lord and your finances. So just a massive thank you. And uh, we want you to know for those that are trusting the Lord in finances, we're praying with you. We're standing with you for your businesses, for those looking for work. Uh, the Lord has been faithful to provide for our needs. And we are trusting that he is going to keep his promises, not only for us as a church, but for you personally, for those that are trusting the Lord in this area. So we were really encouraged, and we know this COVID time is going to pass, but man, God is teaching us to walk by faith and to trust Him, and that He keeps His promises. And so thanks so much, SBC. today's Sunday online service. It's a great joy to pick up part two of our new series called Priceless through 2 Peter. And to kick us off today, I am going to be reading from 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 1 to 4. So let's read together. Simeon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness 
through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now, we saw last week how important it was for Peter that these Christians that he's writing to see how priceless their faith is. Comes through that first verse, it says, To those who have obtained or received a faith of equal standing or equal price or value as ours. You see, Peter knows where to start in his letter because he knows where to start with us. He gets us so well as human beings. You see, he realizes that as human beings, we give ourselves to what we value. Jesus put it like this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He said, our heart, which is the seat of our determination, our will, our zeal, our motivation or desire, our heart is where our treasure lies. And treasure is just another way of Jesus saying what we value most in this life. You see, Peter knows that we will lay down our lives for what we value. And so he begins to unpack how priceless, that's where the series terms, series name comes from, how priceless our faith in Christ is. And he started off by saying, hey, Christian, doesn't matter how clever you are, the color of your skin, doesn't matter um, your background or bank balance, it doesn't matter anything. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, your faith is of equal standing to one of the 12 apostles. And Peter's writing this study, he says, actually, I'm the leader of the 12 apostles. Your faith is of equal value and of equal standing with mine. It's powerful. We also saw that this faith in Jesus Christ has achieved powerful things for us. It comes through, it says, by the righteousness in verse 1 of God and Savior, and of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, this righteousness that Christ has given to us has enabled justification, adoption, sanctification, glorification. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please listen to last week's sermon. It's online. Man, what Christ has done for us has got a priceless value. You can put no earthly price to what Christ has done for us. And the amazing thing is we saw last week that none of this that we've received, these privileges that we've received in Jesus Christ and our faith in him was of our own doing. It was all a work of God calling us to himself through Christ and by the Holy Spirit. And so, friends, today, Peter knows where to start because he knows how to capture our hearts. And that's what he's interested in. And he wants to show us the value of what we have in Christ. And he knows that our hearts don't click immediately. Our hearts need time to marinate in the truth, to have this revelation washed over our hearts frequently and over a period of time. And so he's not in a hurry here. He's not finished yet. Verse three and four, he's continuing to tell these Christians, you and me today, what God has done for them. Because he knows the heart needs time to grasp it. Ah, but if our hearts can grasp it, it, is life, it has a life-changing effect on you and me. And so he's helping our hearts here attach themselves to Jesus. And so what we're going to see here is he continues to focus first and foremost of what God has done for us in Christ. That's what we must keep at the forefront of our mind. That's what keeps our motivation in the Christian life is to see how great a work and how great a value Christ is to us. 
And so let's continue today in this priceless faith. Well, my first point today is Peter then goes on to show the certainty of God's provision. I mean, these next verses, I really have to expand my mind and my heart. I'm hoping I'm able to communicate it today because these are so glorious in what they imply for you and me today. But Peter goes on to say in verse 3 of chapter 1, his divine power, remember it's linked to chapter 2. In other words, Christ's divine power, sorry, linked to verse 2, um, his is Christ. So in, in verse 3, it says, Christ's divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, is it? His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now, this is profound. Not only, Peter is saying, have we received a faith of equal standing with the 12 apostles and a righteous standing before God with all of its privileges. That's what he brought through in verse 1. But he says, you know what? You are already guaranteed everything all things you need to live a godly life right now. Right now, whatever you need to live a godly life, Christian, is guaranteed to you. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And Peter has a, has a unique way of explaining one idea. He often uses two words. And Peter's idea of a godly life is made up of two things. The first is... We need Christ's divine power to grant us all things that pertain to godliness. And we want to unpack, first of all, godliness. Why do we need godliness in order to live a godly life? Well, <laughs> this need for godliness implies that we need a spiritual empowering. Friends, if you want to live a life pleasing to Christ, you need spiritual empowering. Your natural capacity, your natural flesh and understanding and heart is unable to live a godly life because it is a call to godliness. And friends, if we're going to be like God, we need his empowering to do so. Not so. Not so. And so this is again Peter's way of saying, guys, what you need to live a godly life, it is radical. This godliness that you require. He is speaking here of a radical spiritual empowering in you. And it happened through Christ's divine power, giving you a radical new position that empowers you to live entirely differently to the way that you did before. And it's a work on the inside. It's a work that has been entirely done by God. It comes to you. You cannot get away from this. In 2 Peter, verse 3 says, Who has granted you all things pertaining to life and godliness? It's his divine power. He's granted it to you. It's all his work in you. It's all of grace that God has come to you. And remember what he's done for you. It is almost, it is too glorious to even wrap our heads around. And I'm going to try and get our hearts around it today. He regenerated you in order to be a Christian and to be able to live in, a, in order to achieve godliness. Man, through his divine resurrection power, Christ through the Spirit raised you from your deadness and your trespasses and sin. You were literally born again on the inside. Literally a new creation. In other words, the same creative divine power that brought the universe into existence from nothing worked in your life, believer, and he created you as a new person. You are entirely the old has gone. He has regenerated you. He's also not only done that, but he's illuminated you. Some of you might be saying today as a believer, I've never seen God do a miracle for me. 
I've never seen God do a miracle in my life. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You cannot tell it as a believer because what God has done for you is he's given you the miracle of sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 says, The God of this world, Satan, had blinded you and me. Ah, oh, but through Christ's divine power, he gave you the miracle of sight to see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. You have received the miracle of sight, my friend. The fact that you can see Jesus as your Lord and Savior is a miracle and it's through God's divine power, Christ's divine power in you that you can see it. And not only that, Christ has given you the gift of faith, believer. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. This divine power, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9 tells us, is Christ having worked the miracle of faith in your heart. He made you alive. He opened your eyes to see and he enabled you to believe. Friends, that's the divine power of Christ at work in your life enabling you to achieve godliness. Ah, but it's not finished there. In other words, this is the summary of what we, we're trying to get to here. Is you, are, you are able to live a new life because you are a new person through this divine power of Christ in you. His divine power has granted you all things that pertain to godliness. Before you were held captive to sin in your life for it, ah, but now you are held captive to Christ and his mighty righteousness given to you. And so although we must remember here, although Christ's divine power has wrought his great salvation in us, we still have to work this salvation out into every single area of our lives. Remember, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 to 13 puts it like this. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, now not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation. In other words, you've received this mighty regeneration, illumination, and faith. Ah, but it's just the start. It's just the start. You have to work out this glorious, divine, powerful work in your life with fear and trembling. It's so big that you are to take it so seriously. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. What does Paul mean by that last part? For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Well, friends, Christ's divine power has not only given you this great salvation as a gift, but also promises everything you need to work it out. Praise God. He hasn't just given you this great gift, but he also promises everything you need to work it out in your life to attain godliness. For it is God at work within you. So in other words, his divine power is giving wisdom into your life. James 1 verse 5 to 6 says, If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask God, but he mustn't be double-minded. If any of you are having to face temptation at this moment, the divine power of God is enabling you not to be tempted beyond what you can handle. Ah, but he gives you a way of escape. This divine power of God brings the knowledge of God's will in your life in every situation. Ephesians 5.17 says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Ah, this divine power of Christ also gives you the forgiveness of sin. In anybody here struggling with sin this morning, 1 John 1.9 1 says, if you confess your sin, he is just and able to forgive you and cleanse you from all, right, all, from all unrighteousness. And not only that, this divine power is granting you all things in order to achieve 
God's purpose for your lives. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Philippians 4 verse 13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ah, oh, and then we also have the supernatural empowering to be led into all truth by the Holy Spirit, to be reminded of all truth by the Holy Spirit. Friends, this is what God, Christ's divine power is bringing into your life in order to enable you to live in a godly way, godliness. He is supplying all you need, all things to live a life of godliness. But not only that, I love Peter's way of unpacking the godly life and saying, this is not just a spiritual thing. This isn't just godliness. But you also need all things that pertain to life. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget that although Christ's divine power has granted to us this priceless new life, we still have to live out this wonderful salvation and work it out in our old, fraught, fallen bodies and the reality of this fallen world. We have to work it out in life. And so it's not just enough for Christ through his divine power or by his divine power, granting us all things that pertain to godliness. We need Christ's divine power to grant us all things that pertain to life. We need food to eat, not so, water to drink and clothes to cover us from the elements. We have to stay alive. And Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 33, Jesus tells us, don't worry about what you're going to eat or drink or what you'll wear. Your Father in heaven knows that you need these things. And he's giving them to you through Christ's power. We need health. I mean, Psalm 139 says, Hey man, every single one of our days has been written in God's book before one of them has come to pass. Well, we need health to sustain us so that we're able to achieve all those days that God has given us. We need protection from disaster and death. I mean, Psalm 121 says, the Lord is our shade on our right hand. The sun shall not strike us by day, nor the moon by night. He has to shield us. If we're going to be able to live a godly life, we need protection, right? And we need finances to meet our responsibilities as citizens of society and our families. Philippians 4 verse 19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. You see, Christ's divine power has already granted all things necessary to be godly and stay alive in this world. He's granted it to you. It is a priceless guarantee. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything we need to live a godly life is being guaranteed to us now. Now, I've taken my time to unpack this this morning because if you will let this sink into your heart, as Peter's trying to get us to do, is that it brings you such liberty, such peace as a believer in Christ. You see, my friends, today we are to be utterly certain that we have been given a set number of days on this earth. Psalm 139 verse 16, I quoted it just now. It says, all my days have been written in your book before one of them had come to pass, had come to pass. And friends today, those number of days are perfectly numbered for your set purpose, which you've been designed for in God. Psalm 138 verse 8 says, 
God will fulfill his purpose for me. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, You are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared long ago for you to do. And friends, today, he has apportioned Christ's divine power to ensure you have everything you need in this life to achieve God's will for you. I mean, I could give you a few examples here, but remember the Apostle Paul, I was just one in Acts chapter 28, verse 3, God had already told Paul, you're going to go to Rome. And he has that shipwreck and they land on the, the island of Malta and it's raining and they're making this big bonfire and Paul goes and he gets some more uh, firewood and as he picks up the log or a log, uh, a viper, a snake bites him and it's a poisonous viper. Everybody sees, the locals go, ah, oh, he's going to die. Paul shakes it off and he carries on. Nothing happens to him. How could Paul show such confidence? Because he knew the will of God for his life was that he had to get to Rome. And through Christ's divine power, my friend, he was going to get there. And Christ would even over, overrule a viper's venom. He would overrule circumstances. That shipwreck could not stop Paul from getting to Rome. You think of all those trials to try and put, uh, kill him in Jerusalem and in Antioch by those Pharisees, by, by the, the ruling Sanhedrin. None of these things could rock Paul's world because he knew God's will for him was to get to Rome. And Christ's divine power was guarding Paul, keeping Paul, healing Paul, and making sure he was going to stand before Caesar. That's the sort of rest and peace we are to have as believers. Come what may, Christ has guaranteed that we will have enough for the godly life. And that doesn't mean there's an absence of suffering. I mean, my perfect example of Paul was that he suffered a lot. But it didn't throw him because he knew that Christ's divine power wasn't going to exempt him from suffering. It was going to sustain him through suffering so that he could say, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us in Romans chapter 8 verse 37. And can I say to you today, this is a verse to meditate on because the words are profound and we ought to take them seriously. Do you know that in verse 3, it says, Christ's divine power has granted to us all things. All things, my friend, not some things. In other words, Everything that you need, Christ, through his divine power, guarantees will be given to you for the godly life. It's not some things, it's all things. Also note this, it is his divine power that is going to produce all things necessary for you for life and godliness. In other words, it is the limitless creative power of God. Like those Israelites in the first generation, um, those first generation Israelites that were in the, the desert. They got manna supernaturally from heaven, if that's what it's required to get them to the promised land. God will do the same for you, my friend. It is the same limitless power. Oh man, it says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 29, To him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. Jeremiah 32 verse 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Oh, what a season, what a, what a word in season for this COVID time. Friends, there are pressures all around, but I want to say to you today, do you believe that God is going to give you all you need, all things through his limitless power so that you are able to live a godly life and achieve his will for you? Because I want to say to you today, the Greek is even more profound than what I've just shared. This this word granted, when it says Christ's divine power has granted 
all things that pertain to life and godliness. It's in the perfect tense. What that means is the perfect tense conveys the idea of completion. (laughs) You've got it all. You have it all. All things already have been granted to you. All things have been guaranteed to you that pertain to life and godliness through Christ's divine power at work in you. Guaranteed. That's priceless. Now, my second point is this. How do we receive? In other words, if these, if, if God's provision is guaranteed, all things that are necessary are guaranteed for the godly life, then how do we receive this provision in our lives? My second point is how do we receive this provision in our lives? Notice Paul goes on to, Peter goes on to say, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. You see, my point I want to make here is, although you already have everything granted to you that you need for life and godliness, Christ needs to minister this to you. These things come to us in a specific way. It's through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. You see, I'm sure as I've been preaching, many of you are going, this verse 3 is not my experience. It hasn't been my Christian experience. I have struggled to have a sense of um, everything is just simply available for me when I need it um, as I'm going through this life. In other words, why is it that if Christ by his divine power has perfectly, i.e. already, granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness, why is it that we often feel we lack them? That's the point. That's the big question. In our experience, we often feel we lack all things that pertain to life and godliness in some way. Often, my friend, we are in perplexity, not so, in need and uncertainty. I mean, this Christian life is often difficult and challenging. It's not easy. You see, although Christ has already granted everything you need to live a godly life, the way you get all things is very specific. Paul says it's through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. It's all there, but the way it's going to come into your life is in a very specific way. And friends, it is only through the knowledge of Jesus Christ through close, intimate fellowship with Jesus. And this is the wisdom of Peter that he wants to share with us today. Is that although all these things have been granted to us pertaining to life and godliness, the way you access them, the way you get to them, the way they come to you and are ministered into your life, is through a close, intimate fellowship with Jesus. So the Greek word for knowledge in verse 3 is one that was familiar that we, we saw last week, is epignoseos. Obviously that really badly, but anyway, it doesn't matter. What it means is, it's to come to a full knowledge from preliminaries. In other words, you start with the basics, and 
come to a full knowledge as you grow in your understanding, as you grow in your experience, you start with the basics and it becomes mature and full. That's the word for this knowledge. And I want to say to you today, my friend, the way that God is going to minister Christ's divine power in your life to grant you all things through life and godliness, for life and godliness, is as you grow in the knowledge of a person. And his name is Jesus. It's not growing the knowledge about a person. It is growing the knowledge of a person. And there is a vast difference. And Peter here is talking about an experiential knowledge of Jesus Christ. Not merely a head knowledge. You see, the Christian life is all about getting to know Jesus. And falling in love with him more and more. That's the essence of what it means to be a Christian. And remember, how do you get to know a person? How do you grow in the knowledge of the person? Do you study them by a book? You can learn some things about them, but you don't really know them. I mean, I've read a lot about certain great people in history, books on some people. Even though I've read everything about them, I don't really know them. Oh no, the only way that you get to know a person, in essence, in the truth of knowledge, knowing that person, is by spending a lot of time with them, by sharing your life with them, by talking to them and listening to them and being near them. That's how it works. And this is the essence of what Peter is saying is, my brothers and sisters in Christ, all of this is guaranteed. God guarantees you everything you need to live a godly life and to fulfill his will for your life. But the only way that you are going to have it ministered to you is through regular, close fellowship with Jesus. The other way Peter says is, is that you grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is fellowship. You share your life with him. You see, I've noticed in my life, as I've been married longer and longer to my wife, Marina, I start saying things like she, she does. I pick up some of her mannerisms, some of her quirks. If you have kids, you realize your kids pick up the way you sound. You can hear yourself through your kids. I mean, sometimes I go, Lord, there's a lot more work to do in my life. But your kids pick up your mannerisms and how you speak and what you say because they spend so much time with you. And friends, this is how it works, is you will not experience all things being ministered to you if you neglect your relationship with Jesus. It is through him, through regular contact and fellowship with him, that this priceless treasure trove of supply gets ministered to us. You will not get it any other way. You see, it is no accident that scripture makes so much of Jesus. Listen to this. It's no accident that is that. In Christ, it is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2 verse 3 says that it was Christ who said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. How is God going to minister all the sap of this power, all the potential and, and all this divine grace into your life that's drawn and sucked up through the root systems of our faith. And it comes through this sap of being close to Jesus, of being grafted into him, of being in frequent contact with the vine. 
He's not going to finish there in John 16, 1 verse 16. It says, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. You will only get all things, the all things in 1 Peter chapter 3, as you come and spend time and draw close to Jesus. That's how it's going to be ministered to you. And friends, that means, this is what Peter's whole book is about. What's priceless in your life? Well, it's this, this great purpose and pursuit of knowing Jesus. To love and know Jesus is the most important thing in your life. Paul said it like this, I consider all else rubbish compared to, surpass, to the surpassing worth, the pricelessness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, listen to this, for his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul had learned that in Christ and knowing Christ, he had all things that he needed being ministered to him. Friends, your great purpose in life is to fall in love with Jesus and to admire him, admire his character, admire his ways, admire the way that he modeled life and faith. Everything about your life is to be captivated with Christ. Oh, and that's why Paul says any other way of living, it's rubbish because it doesn't produce this glorious ministry of divine power that enables us to have all things that, that are pertaining to life and godliness. This is the way the Christian is fortified and sustained, stabilized and inspired. It is through this relationship with Jesus. Friends, I hope that changes the way you view your time today. You view your goals of your life. You view what is valuable in your life. Friends, Peter is totally convinced. He is totally convinced that what Christ wants to minister to these people far surpasses anything this world has to offer. And it's available to you in Christ today. But you see, Peter's not finished yet. My third point is that Christ has given us precious and very great promises. It's not just his provision that he's offering to you and guarantees will be ministered to you as you have fellowship with Jesus. Ah, but it's also he has given us precious and very great promises. It comes through in verse 4 today. It says, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He says, I'm not done yet. It's not only maintaining... It's not only through maintaining intimate, frequent fellowship with Jesus that all things pertaining to life and godliness are ministered to us, ah, but it's also Christ giving us his precious and very great. That word precious, it means priceless. That very great in the Greek is megas. It means mega. His priceless and mega promises. Ah, that's how he wants to minister all things to us. Now, it is by taking these promises into Christ's presence and presenting them to him, holding them up to him, believing them, trusting his trustworthiness to keep them, that we have all things ministered to us. In other words, in summary today, it is through his priceless presence and promises that his divine power ministers all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
Friends, what are his promises? His promises are priceless guarantees to us. What guarantees that he's going to keep his promises to the believer? Well, it says, <laughs> by his own excellence and glory, he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. That word glory means his outshining character. By his very character, his perfect character, he swears to you, he will keep his promises to you. Not only Will his presence be available to you? But his promises will be guaranteed according to his glory, which is his character, and his excellence, which is all of his goodness. Friends, these promises are very precious to us because there are guarantees. There are guarantees of him keeping his word that he will supply all things that pertain to life and godliness. And when Peter talks about uh, Christ granting to us his precious and very great promises. What he's really saying is, the way that we access all of this glorious divine power that is granting to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, the way that we access it is we are to walk by faith. It's, it's not just the presence of Jesus, but it's through an ever-increasing trust in Jesus that we get all things that pertain to life and godliness ministered to us. In other words, when we get to these precious and great promises, it's another way of saying, believer, Christ has asked me to walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, and not by sight. And it's not faith in a vague sort of general abstract sense in who God is. No, no, no. Christ is saying, he has guaranteed all things that pertain to life and godliness to you. But the way you are going to access or have them ministered to you, it is through trusting in the specific words of God, in all that God has promised to you. You see, we walk by trusting not what we see, but what Christ has said. All of his precious, priceless and very great promises are what we depend on and believe. You see, we don't just draw close to Jesus, we trust him. We believe his word to us and he loves it when we relate to him in this way. Remember, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Hebrews 11 verse 6. And what is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 11 verse 1. No matter what you see before you, my fellow believer, this piece of scripture tells us you have to go on believing what Jesus has said and you do so in his presence by a determination to stay as close to him as possible. As the psalmist says, my soul clings to you in Psalm 63 verse 8. That is how you access and you have this ministry of all things that pertain to life and godliness coming into your life. It's through pursuing the presence of Jesus and believing his promises. How many promises are there in God's word for you to believe? Take a guess. Well, a school teacher called Herbert Lockyer, um, it's in a little book called All the Promises of the Bible. He read through his whole Bible and he counted 7,959 verses which contain promises for God's people. 7,959, wow! You see, this is how we have all things pertaining to life and godliness supplied to us today. How does this work? How does God minister what we need to live a godly life through his promises? Well, 
It works like this. Whatever is happening in your life right now is you take that to Jesus. Whatever need we have, we take it to Jesus. And we say, Lord, you promised, you promised in your word to us. You see this need, you see this situation, you see this feeling, you see this recurring memory, whatever it may be, you take it into the presence of Jesus. That's the first part of verse 3 is it's going to come through the knowledge that you're going to experience the supply you need of Christ. It comes through pursuing the presence of Jesus. Ah, but then you come and present the promises of Jesus to him as well. And you say to him, I trust you, Jesus. Right now, this is going down. I'm drawing close to you with my whole heart. And I'm bringing this to you and I'm saying to you, Jesus, I trust you. I'm not going to live according to what I see. I'm going to live according to what I said. I'll give you some examples of how this works. It's not rocket science, but it's powerful. We, the last couple of weeks, Marina and I have been wrestling through a very, very big decision that we needed to make. Um, and uh, honestly, week by week has gone by and praying, God hasn't shown us what to do. And on Thursday morning, uh, no, Whereas yesterday, yesterday morning, it happened this week, as I was praying, I said, God, Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, lean not on your own understanding. No, no, sorry. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I didn't know what to do. I just said to him, Lord, I'm handing this over to you. The time is running out. We have to make a decision. We're not sure what to do. Won't you, Lord, you say, I must trust you with my whole heart and not lean on my understanding. We've tried to work on everything possible that we can see to make this thing happen, but it hasn't. So, Lord, I'm saying, I'm giving this to you now. I'm, I, I'm trusting you're going to make my path straight. And Frachis, yesterday, God starts to open a door. God starts to bring momentum to this thing. And his promise is kept true. He mastered what I needed through me believing his promises. Why not any other way? I don't know. But he loves it when we trust him. He loves it when we come and depend on him, not just intellectually, but experientially. We come into the presence of Jesus. We express our warmth and trust and faith and closest to him. And we, and we speak his promises. And we say, Jesus, no, we don't do it arrogantly. We do it independently. And we say to him, Jesus, you said this in your word. I need you to keep this promise to me. I don't know what else, what else to do, but I'm trusting you right now. And he ministers. He ministers his answer. He's, he ministers his help from heaven, which is guaranteed for the believer. He knows what we need. He knows what, what, what next step to take. He knows exactly. And his divine power is able to give it to us. Oh, but the way he loves to do it is when we come close to him, he wants us. He wants us near him. He wants us close to him. The shepherd loves his sheep right with him. Ah, and he loves to speak to us through his voice by us coming and saying, Lord, you need to keep your promise here. I mean, I, I could give you a host of supplies. How about finances today? So many struggling with finances at this time. Ah, oh, Psalm 37 verse 5 says, I was young and now I'm old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. You go into the presence of Jesus saying, Jesus, the cupboard's getting low. I've done everything I can here. Lord, I've been disciplined to steward what you've given me. We haven't been foolish with our money. Oh, I'll even tell you what, even if you have been foolish with your money, God is so gracious. You say, you, you're saying your word, Jesus. You say, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging for bread. I'm going to trust you right now. You're my Jehovah Jireh, Jesus. I'm looking to you. I'm dependent on you. You need a supplier here. And he does. How many of us have had uh, testimony after testimony of God keeping his promises and his divine power being ministered for everything you need for life and godliness through God keeping his word? Now, he, he could do it any other. He doesn't like to. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust his promises. And he wants you to come to him personally. 
You could go and say, Lord, I'm tired. What about fresh infillings of the Spirit? You're just so empty inside. Oh, what a, what a season it's been for, for leanness of the soul. And you take that to Jesus and you say, Ephesians 5, 18, Jesus, you commanded through your apostle Paul to be filled continually with the Spirit. I'm empty. Jesus, I need you to minister to me. You say, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and you will give us rest. And I'll give you rest. I'm coming to you. Minister to me, Jesus, please. I tell you what he does. How about healing? Some of us are sick. Psalm 103, verse 3 says, I'm, uh, You're the God who heals all my diseases. Forget not all his benefits. He talks to his soul, the, the psalmist says, Forget not all his benefits. Who heals all your diseases. Friends, even when we're sick and we're feeling weak, we take that to Jesus. He's, he, he is our Jehovah Rapha. He's the one who's our healer. And we ask him for healing. We entrust our lives to him. We trust that it's going to be true. The number of days set for us is not going to be robbed of us. And we're going to be able to complete the purpose that he has for us to do. And we need health to do it. And we trust him. Uh, and forgiveness of sin. Anyone here with a guilty conscience today, you just can't seem to shake the replay button or the replay reel that keeps going through your mind and you feel so guilty and so ashamed. You come into the presence of Jesus. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, oh, if you confess your sin, he is just and able to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You hold to these promises in the presence of Jesus. And friend, then you get ministered forgiveness. You get ministered grace. You get ministered su supply from heaven. Oh, I can go on. If anyone is afraid, Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, oh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Ah, wrong one. So Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 is, is fear not for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. Uh, friends, when you're facing unbelief, you, you trust in the Lord at all times. Psalm 63 verse 8 says, these promises are the bedrock of our belief as we come into the presence of Jesus. Mistakes today. Anybody's battling with mistakes. Oh, goodness me. We all know what that's like, right? So we believe God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. This is how you access all things that are necessary for life and godliness. It comes through you pursuing the person of Christ and believing his promises. As you seek his presence and hold to his promises, as you give yourself to fellowship with Jesus and hold to faith in his promises, his divine power will minister all things that pertain to life and godliness to you. You will find him step by step leading you, guiding you, sustaining you, keeping you, teaching you, loving you through life. And you will look back and say, Christ has granted me all things pertaining to life and godliness in this life and into glory. Friends, this is how we live. We live of Christ's precious presence. And we live of Christ's priceless promises. And Peter says, it's yours in Christ. It's yours. What you need to live for him and to fulfill his purpose for your life is guaranteed if you will let him minister that to you through the presence and promises of Jesus. Are you going to start believing the promises of God today? Are you going to start learning what they are? Are you going to take it into the presence of Jesus and say, Jesus, I want you and I want to grow in trusting you. That's how we as believers, and that's what's going to happen in verse 5, start to grow. We start to become more and more like Jesus. It's the most exciting thing. You will look back on your life and see change because it's promised in verse 4. It says, 
so that through them, through these precious promises, as you believe them and as you pursue the presence of Christ, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. If you will live like this, pursuing the presence of Jesus to be close to him, being in frequent contact with him. I'm not just talking about the touchy-feely sort of presence, the sense of wanting to be near him in your heart, and your mind, not just your body. But as you pursue the presence of Christ, as you trust his word to you, it will radically change your life. You will find yourself looking more and more like the one you love. You will take on his character and become a partaker of the divine nature. You will look more and more like Jesus and less and less like the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. It's simply because you've got a new desire. You've been driven by wanting to be close to Jesus. Your role, my, my friend, is to fall in love with him, to marvel at him, to learn from him and to become like him. He, your entire desire is off this world and onto Christ. Oh, and more than that, you, you're willing to trust him, come what may. As you apply the promises, as you hold them and believe what he said, you start looking different and living differently. You start escaping the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. The world desires anything but Christ. The Christian desires Christ. And if we give ourselves to this desire, we will access, we will have ministered to us these precious and very great promises, the presence of Christ through which the divine power has is granting to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's the best I can do today. Friends, simply put, make Jesus the greatest goal of your life and trust whatever he says to you. That's it. And you will find, you will finish this race, you will fight the good fight, and you will be like Paul that will say, man, I look forward to the upward call of God. So you're going to run well. And you're going to experience the fullness of this abundant life that Jesus speaks of. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today that you guarantee the believer today, you guarantee us that your divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I pray for the one you need today. Might they believe it. But they might, might they also see the way that you want to give what they need. Lord, help us become a people that run hard after Christ. Nothing else, Lord. Let everything else find their focus and their frame in our love for Jesus. We pray, Lord, that we, be, we would grow in, in being a people who trust your word, who trust your promises and your ways. We want to be, be a people that grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen.